Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. We, the people, cannot turn that. Yeah, welcome in to uh, probably what's going to be a, a less rousing rendition of Libservative. Some heavy shit to talk about tonight. This is the show of intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy. He is always is Corey Walsh. And he's Dan Griffin. No, Bell, the body snatcher tonight. Uh, he's uh, well, he's doing what he does best, Corey. He's uh, he's, he's snatching bodies, snatching bodies. Keeping the stacks clean, one body at a time. That could make for a very dark joke, considering what we're about to discuss uh, this evening. We'll so we'll go ahead and save that. Now is not the time. Couldn't even have made the correlation. Well, uh, well, what I was thinking is maybe in a couple of weeks after uh, Taylor Swift breaks up with Travis Kelsey and Americans forget that brown people die across the world, then maybe we can make that joke next week. Maybe the week after. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> how did we? How have we not talked about? Uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and all these. This isn't, a, this isn't a sports podcast, Dan. That's <laughs> what you tell me every single time. I'm like, hey, Michigan's doing good. <laughs> oh man, Lions so are doing the, good. Uh, the the big topic. I was, I was waiting for you Corey. to say it. I just I'm ignoring when you, when you when you I'm, I'm just ignoring you at this moment. I'm used to it. <laughs> just me talking over you. <laughs> Uh, here it is. Israel, Palestine. This is the topic that has shocked the world. This is the topic that every single warrior on Twitter or X or Snapchat or TikTok uh, is suddenly within the last whatever it's been now, uh, five ish days uh, is suddenly an expert on. We're all we're all Israel, Palestine experts. We know the entire 2000 year history. We are uh, biblical scholars. All of us. Uh, we are geographic wonders of the world. It's amazing how intelligent we all become when bad things happen, Corey. Isn't that fucking incredible how that happens, how that always works out that Every way? Time. Everyone puts in their two cents. And before we get into the nitty gritty and the dirty, what we're talking about right now, of what you're saying about how everyone all of a sudden becomes a social justice warrior on any topic and the the monotony of the uh, binaryism. If that's even a word. Should uh, we preface this before you continue? Should we preface this by saying what we shouldn't need to say? Because it should be implied by uh, pretty much everyone is that we are also not Israel-Palestine experts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, we're intellectual idiots. We're going to discuss this, but we're not experts. We have a major disclaimer on our show and we are intellectual anyway. idiots. But here, basically, so I came across this TikTok and it perfectly encompasses Everything you see on social media right now, of all the noise of everybody right now, just, just they can't figure posts. this out. Yeah, 
been a few they days can't figure now. out what they're I supposed still to do. haven't weighed in on Israel Palestine. I honestly don't know who to post. Usually it's easy. BLM, bang, Ukraine, bang, COVID, bang. Hey, did you hear Israel Palestine post yet? I've never missed a stand. So who'd you go with? I look at my phone, I see a lot of Republicans supporting Israel. So I go, maybe stay away from that. Then I see a lot of the people we've been calling Nazis supporting Palestine. But then get this, the people that we've been calling them Nazis with are happy Israel's getting attacked. Riddle me that. But there really is no easy answer here. It's difficult situation. That's literally what I was saying, man. Because uh, normally it's pretty easy. I, I don't know what the answer is. I just want to post one of the flags and sort of be done with it. It's, I'm getting yelled at if I post Palestine. <laughs> I'm getting yelled at if I post Israel. Obviously, I was at the front lines of getting mad at Kanye West when he was doing the anti-Semitism stuff. Where everyone's thanking me for standing up for the Jewish community. So naturally, I'm seeing this happen. I go, okay, we're back with the Jews again. I see Kylie Jenner post for Israel. I think, okay, the word's in. Then boom, she's getting killed on every angle. So it's not Israel. So I start doing a bit more research. I'm seeing queers for Palestine. And generally, Really, you want to be on the side of the queers. If you look at the things, you're not going to get in trouble if you go with what the queers are saying. And Mia Khalifa, who we obviously support, is posting with the queers. And she's getting fired from her job. The whole reason I'm posting this is to get in better standing with my job. And by the way, <laughs> I start to see that your silence is noted post popping up, so we're running out of fucking time. If you had to pick, I would stay out of it like I told you. Feels like we like decolonizing. What, what is decolonizing? Is that just like killing the people? I know to you, it might be like, oh, who cares? What do you think? A buddy of mine booked a Geico commercial from his Ukraine TikTok. So it happens. Been a few. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so that's, like, that's so accurate. It's so accurate of what's happening right now. And I'm sick and tired of people being a thousand miles away from their house or from like a thousand miles away insulated securely in America, making this a binary issue, scoffing at the idea that Israel has a right to defend itself. And at the same time, just completely accepting the idea that, well, Israel has to just carpet bomb an entire area that has a population density equivalent to Tokyo. And everyone's supporting genocide. Everyone, yeah, whether this... on whatever, whatever flag they're putting up on their Facebook profile picture, everyone's sitting here supporting genocide, whether it's one side or the other. Blaming the other side that they deserve it. And everyone's missing the big picture that here we have just a couple figureheads at the top, you know, a couple people at the top, the top elites, the ones that we're always talking about on our podcast, who are safely, securely in their bunkers making the decisions to just kill hundreds, thousands, you know, of people on either side of this little line in the sand, depending on who they think that they want a virtue single to signal to. Just so you can, yeah, just so you can clout chase, you're rationalizing the either, either terrorism on the side of Hamas or, uh, what many consider, uh, colonialism and holding human beings in essentially what is an uh, uh, what is described as an open-air prison with the Israelis uh, uh, basically surrounding Gaza. Uh, there, and there's a lot of nuance to all that, and we'll, we'll get into it. That's just me kind of summarizing kind of yep. way the, the way these people think. Chansky, uh, before he went all warmongering with Ukraine. <laughs> had a wonderful saying and it was uh, worthy and unworthy victims. And yeah. right now it's just insane to me how people are just so willing to just write off human lives based on wherever they stand 
politically and do whatever they're trying well, to. And this is like, through. this is like the one of the one of the ones that makes all of the virtue signaling on both sides so obviously stupid, right? Like, regardless of like whether or not you think you know. Um, there should be a two-state solution, or Palestine, or, or the Palestinians are right, or the Israelis are right. Like when you have queers for Palestine, I look at that and I go, "It's it's it's like the Brad Palumbo tweet from the other day. Like, okay, who's going to tell them? Like, yeah. like you like oh, let's let's see what happens if we take you folks and drop you in the middle of the Gaza Strip and you start making out with your same-sex partner. Let's let's just go ahead and see what happens to you. And Brad made yeah. a good point about he basically said, um. Like Palestinians can be oppressed and then the oppressor, the, the, the oppressed can still be oppressors of another group. Like that was kind of his point. Yeah. As to, as yeah, to where Israel, as to where Israel is like, it's still got uh, LGBTQ issues, but it's very accepting uh, of, of the LGBTQ. Comparatively, I, think, I think it's got one of the biggest, I think it's got one of the biggest pride events in the world every year. Like, but yeah, queers for so Palestine. What frustrates me, right? Like, support the people of Palestine wanting a free state. Like that, the, the Gaza Strip is essentially an open air prison. You know, I completely understand things like that. I completely get it. But everyone, not everyone, but like a ton of people double down and they don't articulate. It's like, do you support the Palestinian people or are you straight up supporting Hamas? Because well, I can, like me not having any skin in the game on either side i can unequivocally say that i support the people of palestine and their right to live and i can also say that i support the people of israel wanting to be able to live free without the fear of suicide bombs and vests and stuff like that but at the same time i could say fuck hamas and i could say fuck the idf because both of them both of them have their hands dirty well isn't that the issue with like seeing the thing that's happening and, th and 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 needing to be the first to take to TikTok, like Mia Khalifa's dumbass saying that you know Israel's only been around since 1948. It's like yes, as a as a nation state recognized by the UN, that's correct. She's right. However, that's that is so little of the context for 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 what goes into this uh, at this point uh, millennia long conflict um uh which has been worse and better at times which you'll get into and how the uh, uh um <laughs> how the british had a lot to do with it oh yeah but 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 yeah i i look at i look at that kind of stuff and i go when you when you when you have to make that call so fast and be the first to respond and 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 tout your side and you say um, you know, and, and you you take to the streets and rallies and start cheering on, you know, freeing Palestinians without even recognizing that what happened here was a fucking terrorist attack. So now when somebody comes to you and asks you, now you're trapped. Now you're trapped because this is you on the night of October 7th, you know, like they're in a fucking courtroom. This is you on the night of October 7th celebrating these attacks. Like this isn't this isn't a nation state trying to tr trying to fend off oppression. It's not a video game. Everyone yeah. has this like six degree separation from all of this shit happening in these countries because they're seeing it in the comfort of their own home from a from a screen that's 
six inches from their face because they have internet and cell phones and water and all of these things. And there isn't 5,000 missiles coming from one side coming down on you, or there isn't an oppressive government uh, cutting off your electricity and your water. And we're able to sit over here and afford this luxury of being able to sit on the sidelines like a Monday morning quarterback. For how and much it's water? just so frustrating to me that everyone's so entrenched in their opinions on this. When they, No, it's a little bit more complicated. It's a little bit more dirty. It's a little bit more nuanced. For example, right now, the stats as of today, uh, 1,100 people, including 300 children, are uh, are injured or are de- were killed in Gaza. 3,800 are injured. The death toll in Israel is over is damn near a thousand with 44 soldiers, and that includes women and children as well, and 2,200 injured. 330,000 people are now displaced in Gaza, and then uh, Hamas fired 5,000 rockets, in which only like a half of them were intercepted by the Iron Dome. They they uh they uh the number of airstrikes carried out uh in gaza is 1500 targeting hamas headquarters tunnels and weapons and the problem is like we just said earlier in gaza it's a very very condensed very densely populated place and israel's bombing buildings that hamas is sitting in and are they killing killing children yes they are but Hamas is sitting in these hospitals and these schools with their rocket launchers shooting them out windows at people in Israel. And it's just super complicated. It's super shitty. It's a lot of people are dying. And everyone, just like we do with our political system here, red versus blue, right versus left, everyone just has to pick a side. And it's stupid. Why can't you just say that, you know, like the, the saying, rats get fat while brave men die. You know, yeah. like, and I talk about what, like, so, so this is a, these this poor is, people um, are just dying on both sides. And so Israel, Palestine is probably like on a grand, on the grand scale, maybe the most contentious subject in the world. Would you agree? Like it's, it's as far as like global opinion of what's going on there, it's the most contentious subject in the world. What do I always say about contentious subjects? The more contentious they are, the, 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 the better points that each side actually has in the argument. I think abortion is one of those issues in the United States and globally Israel Palestine. It wouldn't be as contentious as it is if each side of the argument didn't have a lot of really good and legitimate gripes and points to make. The problem is when you have an issue that's this contentious, everything gets compartmentalized, right? I see, um, I see, I saw a Ben Shapiro tweet yesterday about how I, I you know, I don't see how this could, how you could possibly, um, uh, what did he say? I, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said something to the effect of, I don't understand how you could possibly like morally equalize this. Um, this was, a, this was a, a terrorist attack essentially. It's like, yeah, if you're compartmentalizing this single the, attack, the, the entire conflict with this single attack, he's right. Absolutely. You're, you, if you're if you're just talking about that compartmentalization, then yes, if you're okay with this, then you are supporting. Yeah, yeah no, that's easy. If it's this single attack, then absolutely, Hamas was the devil, and they really, really did damage to Israel. And Israel, we deserve to respond. But the context is what matters. The context the, in all of this, the history, the idea that we talked Netanyahu about this roughly is, a year ago when Israel killed a Palestinian American journalist. Do you remember that? 
Yeah. Uh, Cherie, uh, oh, I can't even remember her name. Rest her soul. Like, I feel like an asshole not remembering her name. But Israel and Palestine has been back and forth fighting over here for since the 40s, killing each other and things like that. And to be, and to just pick a side, when people just blindly pick a side, all it shows is that you have no idea what the fuck is going on over there. Well, and so the pro-Palestinian argument, and it, it is, it's not an illegitimate one, um, the the the, pal- the pro Palestinian argument is is that like you know Israel has all the power, you know they're the nation state they're the ones backed by the United States they're the ones that are able to easily oppress the Palestinian people and like that is something that I I I think it, 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 that's something that's happening, but like there's context behind that right so yeah there's absolutely an apartheid there. Think about what it's like to uh, have a belief system to be a people, right? The Jewish people. This is a people that has been historically beaten down for essentially 2000 years. And for a huge chunk of that up until 1948, never had a place to never actually had a nation state to call its own. So what happens when they do start to become oppressed? Where, where do they go? And, and like that oppression can spread so rapidly and so fast because there isn't this bedrock of having a nation state to 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 fall back on. So when you look at Israeli Jews and they go, this is the only fucking place we have, it it it, it puts you into this place of uh, like this this thought process of okay, do we oppress the people that want to fucking wipe us off the face of the earth or do we try to come to some sort of peace? Do we do both of those? Do we do both of those things at the same time? But you can completely see the argument of a of a people that just have this one spot going. We need to oppress them before they oppress us. That doesn't make it right. I'm not trying to like morally equivoc- equivocate that, but there is some logic. Yeah, they do. They see it as a, Israelis uh, a stake in survival. Yeah, hundred percent. It's like do do uh, kill or be killed. Essentially. Is their is is their is their mantra, and it doesn't necessarily work as well um, on the Islamic side of this argument when you when you talk about nation states because there's 13 or 14 nation states that are that are that are at least Arabic, um, and then a certain fraction of those that are actually Islamic states, some Sunni, some Shia. Like it's so fucking complicated that you can't just take to and do a two minute TikTok to explain the the thought processes and and all of the all of the historical context to this yeah it's why it's why we yeah go ahead it is it's it's a mess and like right now like when you're talking about like people being like oppressed and oppressies like right now and this is like it just makes it so much more complicated right israel goes all right anyone in palestine who doesn't want to be affiliated with hamas leave get yeah where do they go where are they gonna go there's no gonna let them back into israel and lebanon's Egyptians, the Egyptians don't want them. Out. So what are they supposed to do? Jump into the fucking Mediterranean Sea? I guess so. Good luck. I guess. I you know, know, and this idea that, well, you know, at least Israel is uh is is shooting out text messages and warning people to leave and get out. It's like, where? Where do they go? And like Hamas isn't stupid. They know what the fuck they're doing, right? Yeah. They, they they use people as human shields, as human shields as terrorist organizations do. And so, and then, and, and and why do they do that? Honestly, strategically, it's a good fucking idea. It makes it makes the Israelis look really bad when it's like, hey, look, they just bombed a hospital. 
Oh, but Dan, that's all. That's the only option they have because they're the oppressed. Correct. Not really. <laughs> Not really. It's yeah. Like this one, this one's been fucking with my psyche. Cause even the Ukraine Russian thing, it was just geopolitical blunders that led to it where you could look at the path into it in this, in that, and like figure out what led up to that point. And you can do the same for this, but we've created such a quagmire there that like there is no there's no honest answer like what are you we don't, supposed to do you don't with israel palestine it's so there's it, it's like it's like it's like charlie day right with the board with the board with the strings there's yeah. so many strings leading in so many different directions with so many causes causing so many outcomes that it's it's re- it's a lot harder to trace it back to one individual point as to where ukraine russia that's pretty simple uh, follow the USSR. We promised we wouldn't take NATO any closer to Russia. And then we fucking did it anyway. And so like that one's a little bit easier to figure out. This is yeah, just this, like, this one makes the Ukraine thing look black and white. Really fucking simple, doesn't it? It sure does, man. Yeah, because it's like this is fucking insane. It, it gets so much weirder when it's it's like it's a biblical fucking war, man. Like there's yeah. just. There's almost I, I, this is the wrong word, but it's the only word I could think of. There's almost there's like a like a really weird, eerie romanticism to it. Does that make sense? Because it's a because it's like a, this this biblical battle that that dates so, back um, so long. Yeah, that's on the same God. And then like, but yeah, because it all goes back to Isaac and Ishmael and both being blessed by God and being a blessed nation and God blessed ishmael which created the nation of islam and then god blessed isaac which created the the jewish state and even that's convoluted <laughs> like it goes because it goes uh back to sarah and abraham so i guess i guess i'll try to just give, give a quick little synopsis give a little bible study i'll give you a little bible study i'm listening in the bible so it's either in genesis or exodus uh in the very beginning God tells Abraham that he's going to be the father of many nations. And and he tells him that's going to be with his wife, Sarah. And that son is going to be the father of many nations. And that's the story of the Old Testament that follows Isaac through the genealogy up to the birth of Christ. Well, Sarah had a servant named Hagar. And she wasn't getting pregnant from Abraham. So she let Abraham fuck Hagar and they had a kid and that was Ishmael, which is technically the firstborn. And God told Abraham, his firstborn son was going to be the one that was the father of many nations, but it technically wasn't with his wife, Sarah. So Hagar gets pregnant. She has Ishmael technically the firstborn, but then a year later he gets Sarah pregnant and Isaac is born now that's technically the one that is supposed to be the father of many nations because Isaac was from Abraham and his wife Sarah. And then they both get older. And I believe that Isaac tricks Ishmael into giving him, you know, and that's the whole thing in the whole premise. When you hear people who are anti-Semitic, they caught they say Jewish people are tricksters mm-hmm. because Isaac tricked Ishmael into giving him the birthright over a bowl of soup, I believe. And so Isaac ends up getting the birthright from Abraham. 
Hey, APC from Australia. I'm giving a little Bible study on how (laughs) (laughs) Islam and Judaism is all based on the same religion. And both sides think that they are the heir to the Holy Land. Yeah, the rightful owner of the Holy Land based on a technicality because. So you you have to go back and listen, I guess, because I just started getting into it already. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so then Isaac tricks Ixmael into giving him the birthright. And then the, the, the Bible, the old Testament doesn't really talk much more about Ishmael. God just says that he will also be a blessed nation. And the old Testament follows Isaac through the genealogy up to the birth of Christ. Well, the Quran picks up at Ishmael. And when you go back and this is where the politics come in, right? Because up until the 1914, when like right around 1914, 1915 area, right around when world war one was happening, all the Middle East was under the Ottoman Empire. It was under the Ottoman Empire's rule. So Muslims and Jewish people were in that same area where Israel is and Palestine and stuff, but they were pretty peaceful. They got along. You know, they, they were the, the Jewish people who, who were getting oppressed. It was by, you know, white European people and white uh, Asian people in Russia and Ukraine and Germany in all these different places, that's where the Jewish people were getting fucked over. But the Muslims were like, yeah, no, we're fine. We get along. They're both subservient to the Ottoman Empire and things like that. And then when World War One happened is when everything got turned on its head because then all the Ottoman Empire became its own. That's when they broke up the or that's when they broke up the Ottoman Empire and when they created their own national identities and their own nation states. And Israel still didn't really have one, but they were promised one when uh, it was, it was, uh, it was Picat, the Belfort. They were promised to the Belfort Accords that they would have their own nation if they fought with Britain against the Ottoman Empire to take them out. Now, I have an article here. This is, this leads into this perfectly, but uh, the, um, basically the British, promised everyone a bunch of shit and that's what led into the politics of everything and that's when and then it they told everyone that they were going to get parts of the middle east and it just created a mess and it created a bunch of tension between everyone and then after world war ii that's a geographic puzzle yeah that's when they created the nation state of israel and that's when all the wars and everything started to kick on because there were palestinians and jews there and christians they were already all there in the palestinian area but then as soon as they created a borderline is when shit started to hit the fan. I think Palestine needs back FOA Israel. Also, Israel wasn't asking. Also, Ukraine didn't ask for an invasion. What do you think? No, Ukraine didn't ask for an invasion. Russia attacked that. You'd have to go way back. I couldn't even tell you which episode it was. But like that one at this point now, we were just saying on the show, that one at this point, is way more black and white because it is just old war ideology, Western versus Eastern shit, uh, where America did not do anything in helping the situation of Ukraine being invaded. Um, but I'm going to read this article. It's from worldfuturefund.org, and it's talking about how the British lied to the Arabs in World War One. And this that is sounds like is- an incredible source. It does, right? I don't know. <laughs> just, but like, I mean, you fact check it. Like, this is all stuff that like, 
the different accords and things like that are, are I fact checked them to make sure that they were true. Back in 1915, the British needed help of the Arabs in defeating the Ottoman Empire in World War I. In a set of letters called the McCann-Hussein Correspondence, they promised the Arabs that if they rebelled against the Ottoman Empire, which had sided with Germany in the war, that they would get their own independent state, as depicted in, like it shows a map here, but I'm not going to show that or whatever. I won't read the stuff in parentheses. However, at the very same time the British made this promise, there was very there was clandestine agreement in the works with France and Russia to carve up the Ottoman Empire amongst themselves. This was known as the Sykes-Picot Agreement. Suffice it to say, the territory promised to the Arabs was not part of their bargain. Then to make matters even more consuming, there was a third and completely separate agreement to the Zionist community called the Balfour Declaration. Can I stop um, you for just a second? Yeah. You're, make, you're making me cringe when you say Arabs. You I'm sound, sorry. You, Am I you saying, sound like I'm my, saying? You sound like my racist grandfather. <laughs> I know it's they they capitalize the a. It fucks it up. I'm not in no way trying to be like racist. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. Arab, <laughs> Arab, promising uh, the third and completely separate agreement with the Zionist community called the Balfour Declaration promised to choose their own ethno state within the borders of Palestine. So with these three contradictory agreements all made at the same time, it was clear that somebody was going to get deceived. In the end, the British promise to the Arabs were a fraud. There you go. You got it. The Arabs fought and died for the British, thinking that they would gain their independence as a reward for their sacrifice. Yet ended up, yeah, what ended up happening instead is that the British and the French marched into their territory and claimed the remains of the empire for themselves. The Sykes-Picot Agreement, Picot Agreement is without a doubt a watershed event in the creation of the modern Middle East. As you can see, the creation of states like Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, and Jordan were a product of Sykes-Picot. Many of the people living within these borders feel that the division was arbitrary, and indeed this has been a catalyst for bloody ethnic conflicts that continue up until today. The Sykes-Picot uh, is also responsible for the establishment of hostilities between Western and the Arab world. While almost every school child in the Arab world knows about the betrayal of the Sykes-Picot agreement, many in the West are still ignorant about this inconvenient truth. Imagine if the French had promised America that they'd help us fight the British in the Revolutionary War, only to march into America themselves and take over the after the aftermath of war. So there is still a lot of bitterness in the Arab world about this betrayal, and this betrayal set the groundwork for chaos and catastrophe in the years to come. So the Sykes-Picot Agreement was also known as the Asia Minor Agreement, and it was made between the governments of Great Britain, France, and Russia, defining their proposed spheres of influence and taking control of the Middle East in the aftermath of World War I. The negotiation of the agreement occurred between November 15th and March November 1915 and March 1916, and was concluded on May 16th, 1916. The agreement divided the Arab, uh, yeah, the Arab. There, there you go, you Dan. Go. Provinces of the Ottoman Empire outside of the Arabian Peninsula. These were carved into areas of future colonial control. The terms were negotiated by the French diplomat Francois Georges Picot and Britain Sir Mark Sykes. The Russian Tsarist government was also a minor party in the Sykes-Picot Agreement. Things got pretty interesting, however, when following the Russian Revolution of October 1917. Was of, if I can stop you, wasn't part of the Russians being involved in that agreement is because they just wanted to get the Jews out of Russia? Like, wasn't that part of it? Um, I know that in... Well, so, and, by, and by this agreement promising land to the Zionists, the Russians so, were like, you mean we get to kick the Jews out? Sounds good. Get them out of yeah, here. Yeah, so... so Hmm. Let's expand on that because I I don't I'm not that well versed in that aspect of it. 
Um, I know that was was Ukraine a part of Russia pre World War One, or did they become a part of Russia in the Soviet Union? Because I'm not sure, in the honestly, early because sure. in the late eighteen hundreds, like early nineteen hundreds, I know that a lot of Russian or a lot of Jewish people fled Ukraine because they were getting slaughtered and being mistreated and things like that by the uh, Eastern Europeans. Because prior to nineteen sixteen. Yeah, we don't have our fact checker here tonight. <laughs> Prior to 1916 or 1915, 1914, whenever the World War One was happening, Muslims, like I said earlier, Muslims and Jews got along. It was the the European countries, you know, and the uh, Eurasian countries that were fucking over the Jewish people. But they were all, but they could go to the Ottoman Empire where the, all of those different. So it was split. So people. Ukraine, Ukraine during in the World War One era, uh, part of it, most of it was owned by the Russian Empire, but part of it was part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Okay, so then we could say the Austro-Hungarian Empire was the ones that were fucking them over, I guess. Um, Britain was allocated. So, so Britain after the war. They got the coastal strip, or they uh, was allocated control of areas roughly comprising the coastal strip between the sea and river Jordan, Jordan, southern Iraq. So river Jordan and Jordan, southern Iraq, and a small area including ports of Haifa and Accra to allow access to the Mediterranean. France was allocated control of southeastern Turkey, northern Iraq, Syria, and Lebanon. Which I think is interesting because do you remember when... uh, 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 what's his face? Is it Pen? Le Pen? Who's the uh, current president of France? I forget his name. I think that's right. Yeah, Le Pen or whatever. But he showed up in Turkey like a year ago, and everyone in Turkey was no, like, "You're talking about Emmanuel Macron." He's the yeah Macron. He's the, yeah Macron. Yeah. Le Pen was the guy who was facing him, and he won again. But mm-hmm. when Macron showed up in Turkey, everyone was like cheering for him and applauding for him and stuff like that because France used to own Turkey. They also got Northern Iraq, Syria, and Lebanon. Russia got Istanbul, the Turkish Straits, and the Ottoman Armenian, the Ottoman Armenian Vilayets. Um, so then also, there was the McCann-Hussein Correspondence of 1915 and 1916. The Mac- McMahon-Hussein or the Hussein-McMahon Correspondence was an exchange of letters during World War I between the Sharif of Mecca, Hussein bin Ali, and Sir Henry McMahon, British High Commissioner in Egypt, concerning the political status of lands under the Ottoman Empire. Now, the Arab side was already planning the large revolt against the Ottoman Empire. However, the British further encouraged the Arabs to revolt under their direction and command with promises of independence and their own territory. Hussein specified the areas he wished to include in the Sharif Arab government after Arab independence. Hussein's proposed land included the Arabian Peninsula and and other than Adan and Palestine, Iraq, Syria, and Lebanon. In his response to Hussein's letter, McMahon agreed to post-war Arab independence on behalf of the British government, limited only by the constraints and reservations of non-Arab or, yeah, non-Arab territories are related to the to what Britain was not at liberty to act without detriment to the interests of her ally, France. Uh-oh. I just lost a light. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's right. We can still hear you. The districts of Mersin and Alexandretta and portions of Syria lying to the west of the districts of Damascus, Homs, Hama, and Aleppo 
where the territory is not assessed as Arab by the British, as the exact meaning couldn't be derived from this. Similar to the later Balfour Declaration, Arab spokesman has asserted since the time of the correspondence that Palestine was included in the proposed Arab Peninsula. Sheriff Hussein saw World War I as an opportunity to liberate Arab lands from the Turks. The Arabs felt that the Turks had abandoned their pluralist and pan-Islamic policies to pursue a secular Turkish nationalism. Thus, the Great Arab Revolt was launched on June 1915. The Arabs trusted the word of British officials that they would get their own unified independent state. In 1918, Damascus was released from the Ottoman rule at the end of the war. Arab forces had taken control of most of the Arabian Peninsula, southern Syria, and all of the modern Jordan. Yet in the aftermath of the war, Britain walked out of their promise of a unified independent Arab state. So, like, originally it was just supposed to be one giant unified Arab state. Instead, we have, like, 14. Instead, we have 14 because it was all butchered and tore up. Yeah. And then the third one was the Balfour Declaration of 1917. And the Balfour Declaration was a short letter to Arthur by Arthur Balfour to arguably one of the most influential Jewish families, the Rothschilds. It was assumed that this letter gave the British government support to the creation of a Jewish homeland. Specifically, Balfour said, His Majesty's government view with favor the establishment His Majesty's government's view with favor the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people and will use their best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this ab- object. It being clearly understood that nothing shall be done which may prejudice the civil and religious rights of the existing non-Jewish communities in Palestine or the rights and political status enjoyed by Jews in any other country. The British indeed were very busy making promises towards the end of World War I. While they promised the Arabs in their own independent state, they also made similar but conflicting promises to the Zionist community. The Zionists were interested in the creation of a Jewish ethno-state in Israel. James Galvin, a Middle East history professor, claims that the British made these promises in order to appeal to Woodrow Wilson as well as the Russians. When why? So like why? So the the, so the, the Brits the, just wanted to win no, the war. No, no, I know, but I know that. But the, the, so like you, you, the the question would be like why? Why did Zionists want their own want want their own ethno state? And the reason because is they were because kicked around everywhere, everywhere, and didn't and didn't have a homeland, right? And so I heard like, an interesting like, take on this. It's like so the world doesn't give a shit if there's atrocities happening somewhere within a country's own borders, because it's kind of like live and let live. You're not affecting anyone else when you're doing your your own own. people. Who cares? Yeah. As evidenced by the, uh, the first Iraq war, the first Gulf war, when as soon as Saddam Hussein marched into Kuwait and he crossed an actual border that was drawn on a map, the international community lost their ship. They went in, they kicked him out, and fought him back. However, so instead, if Kuwait had been part of Iraq... We wouldn't have given a shit, as evidenced by the fact that when he started slaughtering Kurds in northern Iraq, it was within their border and no one gave a fuck. You see it right now. You see you see and, it right now with uh, and, with the Houthi people in Lebanon. Yep. The you Uyghurs see it right now China. with the Uyghurs in China. You kill your own people, nobody gives a shit. You cross a border to kill people, now we have a problem. Exactly. And so the idea, and this was the interpretation put upon at the time, that a Jewish state was not to be set up immediately by the peace treaty without reference to the wishes of the majority of the inhabitants. On the other hand, it was contemplated that when the time arrived for according representative institutions of Palestine to Palestine, if the Jews had meanwhile responded to the opportunity afforded them by the idea of a national home and had become a definite majority of the inhabitants, then Palestine would thus become a Jewish commonwealth. So so that goes back to the point of like, 
this is why when you when you take in all of this historical context and you take in the idea, as you said, Corey, that when you kill people inside your own borders, nobody gives a shit. Gee, I can't imagine why Jews would want their own nation state. Yeah. Wow. What a crazy thing to want. Right. And this just this just adds context to everything that's happening, right? Um, oh, there was something else that I was going to bring up. Oh, but it, it goes back to just old M. This is just the remnants of old empires rearing its ugly head up and getting people killed because we just decided to just go, oh, these Palestinians don't care. Let's just put Jewish people here. And even though Jewish people live there, they drew the borderline and that's what made it really super complicated. Mm-hmm. But the fucking Brits, man, they drag us into two world wars. <laughs> they fucking. I mean, I'm not going to blame the, re- them for the second one. Uh, well, okay, fine. But they're one of the main reasons I went in there because we didn't care about the Jews either at the time. We were we- kicking ships off of our coastline when they were trying to come here for uh, refugee and asylum. Well, um, we also got. Why does Iran hate us? Because we're free. because they hate our freedom no you know why because they tried to nationalize their oil and so we created a coup to kick out their democratically elected president and instituted a fucking king (laughs) and while americans have a short attention span on this type of shit like you know it's funny like a month from now unless shit really hits the fab no one's gonna be talking about israel we seem to forget because this shit isn't taught in our history classes of our blunders. And we just think Iran hates us because of our freedom. And it's like, no, they hate free. us because they we meddled in their shit. We're free. And it's, this is just, I just think this adds a little bit of context to everything of what's going on over there. And like, please just don't blindly take one side or the other. You know what I mean? Like, I don't stand with Israel. I don't stand with Palestine. I don't stand with either of my stand with the people that are getting fucking murdered because Again, there's 30, 50, 100 people at the top who all just are bloodthirsty for war and wanting to kill each other over ideologies because they think differently than me, Dan. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's and then, sad. I mean, to, to make it even more complicated, right? Like you have uh, various reports and various pieces of evidence that show that, you know, Bibi Netanyahu has propped up Hamas over the course of 20 or so years delegitimize the palestinian yeah not because he not because he wants uh terrorism in his country but it's like if we make palestine look bad by having you know terrorists in charge well now that now the rest of the world you know is going to be with us in fact this is something that's not being reported nearly enough in the united states right now um bb's getting some fucking blowback man and this is yeah here something- the, the israeli side here is just unequivocally unabashedly just praising netanyahu but this isn't this isn't a new thing when it comes to when israel has gotten has has gotten uh attacks against it um from whether it be hamas or or whomever in the past um israel's not afraid to be like your leadership sucks because, like, that's Israel's whole thing, right? And especially Bibi Netanyahu, right? That is his entire thing is national Israeli security. That is his that is his his calling card. That is what he lives on. That's his it's, lifeblood. It's the 
excuse he used to literally just create a crazy, crazy surveillance state. And right wing, right wing, a right wing Supreme Court and like completely going against the, I mean, is the Israeli constitution. I think we talked about this not that long ago, maybe, maybe about eight months ago when um, Netanyahu's um, uh, changes to the court system were first coming through. I think we talked about it then. Good day to you, fellow intellectual idiots. If you're this far into the show, we're guessing that you probably like it. So we'd just like to ask you to hit pause, and on whatever platform you're listening, just leave us a quick review. It really does help us grow and gives us an opportunity to bring you even more great content in the future. And we'd also like to ask you to just press that share button and just send this episode to one friend that you think might be interested in our line of conversation. The best way for podcasts to grow in the sea of millions of podcasts really is through word of mouth. So every little bit helps, and we appreciate you all. So let's get back to the show. Um, that's that is what delegitimizes him with his people at this point because you did all of these things to right. you you know, take away our freedom in the, in the name of safety. Surveillance that got taken now, out by hundred dollar drones. Yeah, and not to mention. There's reports coming out now. We'll find out if these are true pretty shortly here. Um, that the Egyptians warned Israel about three days before that this attack could have taken place. The fact that Hamas was conducting war games. Yeah, the, but so this is what's also border. fucked up, right? This is what makes it even more complicated because now we're like, like we're, no one even knows where this is going to go. Because while Hamas was doing that, they were also like handing out olive branches to Israel talking about how they want more peace so more Palestinians can get worker visas to come into Israel to work and things like that. And so they're making it look like they're negotiating and then they did this sleight of hand and then did this shit. So all this is going to do is really hurt the Palestinian people more because now Israel sure is shit. They're going to Israel right now is post 9/11 America. They ain't, they're locked down. They ain't going to let shit in now. Mm-hmm. which is ultimately going to further dis- the disparities of the Palestinian people. The bombs, like, think about it, Dan, really put yourself in the position of being like a little kid and you just see your whole family get bombed and killed by the Israeli, by an Israeli carpet bombing, right? I'm probably going to grow up to hate Jews. Yeah. You're probably going to grow up and be a terrorist. And all of these things and that's why, like, my mind, like, I sound so jumbled in this episode because no, no, it's no. Just- hold on, I'll, I'll finish. I'll finish the thought for you, Corey. Um, the we, we've talked about this with various different things within our own government, and and decisions that are made and policies that are put in place. Second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, twentieth, fortieth order consequences that nobody thinks about at the time of the event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is was it, was it Pat Buchanan in like 2005? You sent us a video, right? In like 2005, the last time, the last time there was like a major conflict between Israel and Palestine, Pat Buchanan's sitting there going, uh, "Yeah, you know what's going to happen is that these little boys that are in these little Palestinian boys that are seeing their 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 parents get killed and their brothers and their sisters and their fathers get killed. Um, do you think they're going to have any? Uh, do you think they're going to be sympathetic?" towards the Israelis? Do you think they're going to be sympathetic towards Jews in general? No, prob- probably not. And these are the, these are, I'm not even probably not, definitely not. 
you know, and then when you when you also factor in the, the the fact that these people have absolutely no way out, and you got the Israelis going, get out, get out now. They 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 have nowhere to go, and then you also have Hamas going, don't leave, don't leave. We need you to you know help and be freedom fighters. Yeah, it's we need you. We need you to be our bodyguards, our shields. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just it's, it's an absolute mess. And Corey, I'm one hundred percent with you. It's why like I, I'm not. I will I will pick a side as it pertains to what happened on Saturday, October seventh, twenty twenty three. I'll pick a yeah, side in a, a vacuum. Yeah, in a yeah. vacuum on that one day, Israeli, one hundred percent. I'm pro-Israeli, but there are a million historical reasons to be pro-Israeli or pro-Palestinian in a historical context. So, like, I'm not going to pick sides overall in this battle. Right. Because it's just not that simple. And I guess I'll just close it with this, because, like, like, clearly you and I neither have an actual answer to this. Like, the moral covets, like, I'll... I'll Just get on TikTok. People will tell you exactly what you should think. Yeah, it's yeah, that's the frustrating part. And that's the most frustrating part of all this because while everyone here is virtue signaling, thousands of people are getting killed. And I don't give a fuck if they're Jewish. And I don't give a fuck if they're Muslim. People are being killed <laughs> over stupid documents and agreements that are almost a hundred years old and religious dogma that should have no sort of bearing on today's world when it comes to this type of shit and i'll say it again rats get fat while brave men die and it's a double entendre because the rats at the top who get the poor people to go and fight their wars for them are sitting there and making buttloads of cash based on war contracts of the military industrial complex while they're safely secure and insulated in their little bunkers and you have uh, effectively millions of people being affected by this there's people terrified on both sides that every time they hear a plane they think they're gonna die you know it's just it's sad it's fucking sad and you have what's so weird is that you have all these people that are just fine with genocide because they have to they have to on side of the yeah, yeah they, they, either either all the Jews need to be wiped out of Israel. They don't say that, right? They don't say we well, got to wipe out the Jews. But that's effectively what you're saying when you're yeah, saying well, Hamas. Yeah, obviously Hamas can do this. That's effectively what you're saying when you're saying Israel needs to be wiped off the face of the earth. I, I, I can't like some of these people are so ignorant that they don't even realize how anti-Semitic they're being when they say something like that. But, and, and, you know, or, or on the other side, you know, you're you're a you're an Islamophobe. Islamophobe, yeah. Just, just thinks that um, Palestine should be wiped off the face of the earth. I want to clear one thing up too, Corey. If you're okay with moving on to it's, we're still going to be talking about Israel Palestine here. But one of the sort of pro-Israel things that I have a massive issue with, um, and you, you guys aren't going to believe this. Our our longtime listeners aren't going to believe this, but I'm going to defend Joe Biden here for just a minute. I hope everybody's ready for this because there's there's reality to this. So if you're if you're looking around and you're seeing, wow, Biden sent six billion dollars to the Iranians to help to help Hamas. First of all, we don't yet know if Iran was involved in this. I'm not. I'm I'm going to say that if I had to guess, I would say they have some hand in it. At least yeah. as far as Wall Street Journal is claiming they do, but our U.S. intelligence and Israeli and Israeli t- intelligence both are 
say they have no found proof of it. So yeah, so we we don't we don't know. I'm not going to be shocked. Like, I, and in fact, I actually suspect that Iran has like in some way uh, a hand in this. Um, but so the claim is that we that that, that Joe Biden just gave six billion dollars to the Iranians. Right. That's that that's the way you you will see it reported on like you know as like a, a tweet from Charlie Kirk or something like that. Actually, I don't want to shit on Charlie Kirk because I don't know if he actually said that. But the you Charlie Kirk, did. the Charlie the, the Charlie Kirk types, you know the, these <laughs> these types of of goofy overbearing conservatives. Um, what actually happened here was that Joe Biden unfroze six billion dollars of. Money that already belonged to the Iranians. This money was seized in 2019 when Donald Trump uh, put a, a ban or a freeze or whatever embargo. I don't know the exact terminology, but basically uh, a ban on, on Iranian oil. So this money was seized and held in a South Korean bank uh, since 2019. However you feel about the Iranians, like I'm not a big fan. I don't think Corey's a big fan. This was their money and we fucking stole it. Yeah. And like even that, it's like you're either unequivocally unequivocally for a free market with property rights and private land protections or you're for government intervention. So what did Joe Biden actually do? What Joe Biden did was release this money back to the Iranians, but with a lot of hoops for the Iranians to jump through. And he did it trading for i believe five american citizens who are being held by iran do we not give a crap about those people i don't know so what happened was this or is it just one of them britney griner types yeah right this six billion dollars went into a qatari bank account so for those who aren't familiar with qatar we shit on them quite a bit during the world cup last year uh for various uh human atrocities i'm no fan of qatar but qatar is a uh, a very close ally with Saudi Arabia because they're basically uh, the uh, the size of my thumbnail on the Saudi map. Uh, so, and, so, and the Saudis are no fan of the Iranians. So the Qataris are no fan of the Iranians. Now, could there be some like nefarious activity going on <coughs> here? Some, some, some kleptocrats, um, you know, taking kickbacks on not making sure that this money is distributed to Iran properly? Yeah, that could absolutely be true. But all I'm saying is, which just, which again, when you say that that Joe Biden just gave six billion dollars to the Iranians, what are you implying? You are implying nefarious activity. What yeah. do we say, Corey? Never chalk anything up to nefariousness that can easily be explained by incompetence or stupidity. And that's that's that at best is what's happening here. So the Qataris are hanging on to this money, and the um, I believe it's the the. I don't remember which department it is. It's either the, the defense department. Um, somebody, one of the, uh, I wish we had Bell here. One of the um, um, folks responsible uh, for watching this is one of our d defense folks. They're, they're keeping an eye on this money and making sure that the Iranians only use this for quote unquote humanitarian purposes. I doubt that's actually happening. I get it. Like I'm skeptical myself. But like this idea that Joe Biden just turned over six billion dollars to the Iranians is not even close to the full picture. Right. Yeah, it's Dan, I don't have any answers for this. I just want to tell our listeners to like just 
don't look at this as some binary thing. People are dying on both sides, and it's fucking sad. Like, well, and that's that's what makes children. you and I both so yeah. This that's what makes you and I both so upset when we talk about this kind of stuff. It's like, why wouldn't you want to find the nuance in this when like innocent civilians are dying? Because the because binary like, the binary choices being made on this and like the black and white view of this is what got us where we are today. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like I I totally understand the Israeli fear in it from a historical context. I understand their fear and what happens when you're afraid? You do some pretty fucking horrible things when you're mm-hmm. afraid that those horrible things are going to happen to you. It's not an excuse of the way that Israelis have treated Palestinians. Th- th- this hasn't been they're, 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 I don't I would never say the Israelis are innocent. But I also wouldn't say the Palestinians are innocent. It's it's it actually is complicated. Yeah. In the context of what happened on October seventh, yeah, Ben Shapiro's right. It's not that complicated. A bunch of fucking horrible, bloodthirsty terrorists rolled into Israel and killed a bunch of fucking civilians. Fuck those people. I don't care. Those people should die. I don't have an issue with those people dying. Did yeah. I just sound like a hypocrite there? Uh, no, because they're active combatants. They're actively, yeah. you know, they're actively doing something. But the ones that are passively stuck in an open air prison in Palestine don't deserve to die. They don't deserve to be used as shields and f- cannon fodder. And the people in Israel who are just enjoying a music festival or getting on with their day to day lives don't deserve to be caught up in this bullshit either. It's just those are people on both sides. People, yeah, dude, it's like, like you it's like, I, a ma- it's like people that we walk that we cross paths with on day to day activities. Like, I, I actually thought about it in this context just earlier today as I was driving. Like, don't simplify it because the people at the top that are making money on this want you to do just that. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, when we'll see kind of where our tax dollars go next, um, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about uh, RFK here in a minute. But I, I thought about it kind of in this context today, right? Because this is the issue that Americans have. Um, not just Americans, but me- people of the West that are just so far removed from this that they, they can like watch it on TikTok and, and know exactly what, what's going on and exactly how people should p- feel and, and you know, bring out their, their, their weird moral equivalents. I, I th- kind of thought about it in this context. Like, imagine if Mexico still had this idea that Texas was theirs. Tejas. Right? And... If you, again, look into American history, look into Texas history, look into Mexican history, you could find a place where Mexico has a legitimate claim that -hmm. Texas is theirs. And we sat here and we battled over this. All of a sudden, Mexico just decided, we want Texas back. We have a rightful claim to Texas. And they just invade Texas. And now... We know that Texans are fucking they're motherfuckers, right? So they'd be able, they'd be, they'd, do, they'd probably do a pretty good job of defending themselves. But let's just, just for, just for thought of uh, thought experiment's sake, like they just roll into El Paso and just fucking light the place up. The the, the Mexicans light the place up. How do you feel now? A bunch of terrorists roll in to El Paso, Texas, and light the place up. If you happen to well, Dan, that's why Biden's building his border wall. Well, that's true. 
He is building his, Biden is building his border wall. Good for him. You get what I'm saying though? Like, yeah, take, take, take the, take the context and put it in, you know, find a way to put yourself in that situation. Yeah. Put yourself, figure that out. Do your damnedest to put yourself in a Palestinian's position and do your damnedest to put yourself in a Israeli's position. And then you'll be in the same contorted mind warp situation that Dan and I find ourselves in. It's not exactly the same, right? Because I don't have a like side. Like, I don't have a like side. A I want, I, Texas, you know, but... It's fucked up. It's fucked up. And what's fucked up about it is anytime there's war or anything like this, this is a failure of diplomacy. It's a failure of policy. And it's a failure of leadership. And, and there's, there's also probably start, some kleptocracy involved. We need to start holding. Yeah. But that kleptocracy falls under the leadership. I guess. And, we need to start holding our leaders to a higher standard. Just stop voting on some binary thing of like, well, they're on this side. So I vote that side because this, the world itself isn't black or white. Stop voting like it is and stop treating every atrocity like it is. That's the other thing that's really interesting. Have you noticed how the people that were talking about how Ukraine has, has the right to defend itself are the pro-Palestinian people. Not everybody. Yeah. Like, some people are nuanced on this shit. I get it. But, like, if you were to throw it all into, like, a generalization, mm-hmm. Israel is, Israel is uh, um, what do you call it, colonialists, right? Yeah. That are being invaded and don't have the right to defend themselves, but Ukraine does. And vice versa. People that are, people that are, uh, against sending money to ukraine are for sending money to israel because they're defending people trouncing on their borders <laughs> yeah like this is this is why it's like huh? it's this why it's, it's, it's like it, it just lends you to believe that like these like these like goofy deep state conspiracy theorists sometimes i look at things like that and i go god maybe they have a point like they're doing this to us on purpose they're making us think a certain way on purpose I don't actually believe that, but I go. Yeah, the the propaganda and stuff behind all of it. Yeah, no, it's. Think about the people. Fuck the flags. Fuck the borderlines. Fuck whoever's in charge. War is always, uh, the after the, war is always the result of failed diplomacy, failed leadership, failed policy, and right now, thousands of people are dying on either side of the little line drawn in the sand in Israel or Palestine over this bullshit. So, you know, like stop falling for the, the manufactured division on issues like this, you know, and give your thoughts and prayers, your vibes, your juju, your put your moonstones out on the balcony, the tonight or whatever that like just, the the atrocities end swiftly and equivocally and we find solutions to these problems that don't involve dropping bombs. And take a second to actually take a look. Like put yourself on I think this is something that just not enough people do. So you have your 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 instant gut reaction, right? Like let's say this happened on Saturday and your your instant reaction was to support Palestine. Or your instant reaction was to support Israel. I don't care. Whatever it is. Before you take to social media, just sit sit back for a second 
and go, okay, what's the argument for the other side? What's the rationalization for the other side? You might not find one, but at least look for it. No, yeah. people, that's the thing. People don't even look Because I still for can't it. even articulate how I properly, yeah, as it. evidenced by the last hour of us just rambling on about this. Sitting here, stepping on our own feet, trying to talk about this. Because it's just, it's a quagmire. It's just a mess. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. It's just so. And to clarify, it's, so it's not a quagmire up. in the vacuum of what happened on October 7th. No. Fuck the terrorist attacks that occurred. That individual action was absolutely barbarism. 100%. Now, and then after you get past that, now you can start talking yeah. about the nuance. Now you can start where talking was the, yeah, about the nuance. Yeah, it's... Oh, man. Should we talk it, about how we met uh, Bobby K. Jr.? It does, in a weird way, kind of tie into Israel-Palestine. Um, so we... This we actually kind of on a whim. We I don't even think we knew this was taking place. Uh, shortly before Monday, when Bobby Kennedy finally announced that he was going to be uh, uh, running as an independent, just a few days before he was here locally uh, in the Detroit area, and we went to his town hall. Um, and to be honest with you, pretty much everything that he had to say I had heard before. Listened to him speak a lot. Have my agreements. I have my disagreements. Um, but at the end of the day, Bobby Kennedy is one of those people that says 80% the right thing, 20% the wrong thing. And what his critics focus on are the, are not even the 20% of the wrong thing that he says, but like the 3% of the really wrong thing that he says, Hey, that's yeah. me. That's Look me that. pictured with our with our buddy uh, RFK. So uh, we our our critics have already it's accused me. us. Our critics have already accused us of endorsing this guy. But you know, when you go to a town hall and you're offered a picture with somebody, you take it, and that's pretty much what we did. Um, but what what I guess I guess I'll start with how it pertains to Israel Palestine, right? Because one of the things that Bobby Kennedy says that I that. I like that even libertarians like um, is this ending American hegemony overseas. And I mean, that's basically it uh, when it comes to libertarians. But yeah, he said we spent 20 years bombing bridges while China spent 20 years building them, building them. Exactly. And like that is that is something that we should all be in support of. But what do people talk about when they talk about Bobby Kennedy? Oh, he's crazy. He's a vaccine denier, which, by the way, he's not, if you actually listen to him speak. Um, but he he came out on Twitter after the Israel-Palestine <laughs> Israel attacks, and he said, I'm paraphrasing here. You can look up the tweet yourself, uh, that America should stand behind Israel by any means necessary. And when he said that, I went... Oh, you just completely went against your principles on Ukraine because he thinks no more money should be going to Ukraine. And I agree with him. No more money should be going to Ukraine. But when it comes to Israel, it's almost like Bobby Kennedy Jr. got stuck in the, the loop of, fuck, I better get on social media and say something now. Yeah. When you're running for president, ah! you have to have a response to every single little thing, right? And you got to tread lightly on which side you're going to be on. 
You don't though. Not, not, I, I just not, I mean, you do to a degree, but like, you don't have to, you don't have to say something that fucking day. Right. Or you just say like, basically what I posted the day of, I don't stand with Israel. I don't stand with Palestine. I don't stand with Iraq. I mean, I don't stand with Russia. I don't stand with Ukraine. I stand with the people who lives are being destroyed at the, like at the cost of a couple people at the top, making some money. Bobby, a little bit more clunky than my post, but Bobby, go home, have a beer, have sex with your wife. He doesn't drink. Take a second. Yeah, I know. Well, it's probably that's probably smart seeing as he's a Kennedy. But you know, have have a near beer. Have an O'Doul's. Chill out. <laughs> have some some O'Doul's. Drink some. <laughs> he won't even drink. Remember, he was on the Charlie Duff show. He wouldn't even drink uh, Verner's, a Michigan staple, and he wouldn't even drink it because it has. Uh, What's that? Not when it's not sugar. It's uh, uh, high fructose corn syrup. Not high fructose syrup. It's the uh, stevia. The one of those. Yeah, the the fake sugar that they put in diet drinks. Aspartame. Aspartame. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Aspartame. Yeah, he's 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 no. That's the thing is like he is a goofball when it comes to that stuff. I absolutely admit that. Like, well, but I don't give a shit. I really don't care if Robert Kennedy Jr. doesn't want to drink aspartame. What does that have to do with his ability to run this country? Yeah, no, he, he, so my biggest takeaway from his speech is he basically labeled who the enemy is of the, of the American division, the decimation of the American dream and all of that different stuff. And he named it by name was BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, and how all of these companies own major stakes in like Google Amazon, Airbnb, uh, Big Pharma, you know, and the fact that like they're buying up large swaths of houses and then leasing them out that's creating a manufactured shortage on homes that's just jacking up prices to where the average American can't afford the homes. And he was talking about how uh, his plan to get rid of them because he's a lawyer. It's basically it's just, just, sue their ass just off. suing their Just suing the shit out of everyone. Because he <laughs> talks about how, like, the Monsanto cases in California, like, he has all these different cases that he's won. You know, Roundup. Roundup was a big one he mentioned. All these different cases he's won suing these companies. Uh-oh. You're right? The, you lose the light again? It's okay. Yeah, this, uh, there it is. Loose plug. <laughs> This this operation is being held up by toothpicks and rubber bands, Dan. It's all right. You're not that pretty. Not everybody needs to see your face. I want to see my face. <laughs> Corey jerks off to himself in the mirror often. Often. Oh, I, yeah. I, 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 I turn all the mirrors in my car and I'm driving to face me. <laughs> Fuck safety. But, uh... Yeah, and like uh, it had me thinking, like, would his presidency lead to diminishing the power of the executive and legislative branches using the courts to po- the courts' power to stifle them? Are you asking? I guess I don't know. It's just a question I wrote down. Well, he called himself see, ten times as dangerous as Bernie was. I think that's true. Uh, because Bernie, he actually went independent. Bernie didn't. Well, and Bernie, Bernie is a, Bernie was a career politician, right? Who at the end of the day, 
was always just going to play ball with the guy with, you know, with the, with the old boys club. Uh, and, and, and RFK Jr. Is not that he's not a career politician. And so you saw what his family said about him, right? Yeah. About uh, his family. I don't remember, even remember who the hell it was. It was like five, five different members of the Kennedy family, uh, basically saying that if RFK Jr. running as an independent, is 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 dangerous they don't say why they don't say how i'm guessing because somehow they think it's going to give more votes to trump which you're if you think that you're a moron because rfk jr is absolutely going to be pulling more votes from trump than he ever would from joe biden and at and at at worst it might be 50 50 and be a wash um but i looked at that and i went because because i look at what rfk jr stands for because you actually listen to what he says you don't listen to what fucking cnn says about him you don't listen to what the new york times says about him because they don't like him because he's an opponent for joe biden and joe biden is the status quo and we got to keep the status quo right this isn't hard to figure out so i look at rfk jr and i think he is more representative of what his father and his uncle were representative of more than any of those dumbasses in his family that had to put out that statement about how dangerous it is that uh, RFK Jr. is running for president as an independent. There is no <laughs> universe in which RFK Jr. doesn't represent his father and his uncle better than the 2023 Democratic Party ever has and ever will. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that statement. Like, he... He might have like it's it's wild. There's a caveat, Corey. I don't think he's perfect. I don't. There's I don't love I don't everything think he's about perfect, RFK Jr. But anything that has some weird conspiracy like theory attachment to it, the fucking guy has a court case. Yes, <laughs> like, that is attached to that. And he's like, and they're like, well, why would you think that five G causes cancer? He's like, well, he's like, right now we have a court case <laughs> that is happening, and he explains that. Well, lawyers. Lawyers don't just take on cases that's going to cost them money if they think they're going to lose. And he's like, me and these lawyers right now are suing over people getting tumors in their ear on the predominant ear they use for their phone. And when he said that, it kind of made me like do an eyebrow raise because listen to this, Dan. All right. So I had a, when I, when I started going back to school, I had a computer technologies class that was like just basically just the fundamentals of word. It was just a part of like the program that they wanted me to do. And it was the fundamentals of like word and Excel and outlook and all the different things like that. Right. And w the teacher in that class was a CEO for AT&T. And someone in the class randomly asked him, do phones cause cancer? And my teacher, Dan, I shit you not, said to me or to the class, he goes, now, it's not like what you see in the news and all of like the crazy conspiracy theories about the phones causing cancer. He goes, but I, what I will tell you to do is when you go to sleep and you plug your phone in to charge overnight, keep it three feet away from your body. Mm -hmm. Why? Why would Which you is say, such why would a that... CEO type answer to that question, right? But yeah, he said, keep your phone away from your body at night when you sleep. That's the CEO of AT&T. 
Well, and that, that's the thing is like, so, so that's, that's one of those things that Bobby, that's Kennedy anecdotal is, evidence, but well, and, and of course. And, and that's one of the things that Bobby Kennedy is looking into. And, and, but what, how does the media spend that? They say, Bobby, Bobby Kennedy says 5G causes cancer. He's putting that's, Faraday cages on his fucking Wi-Fi. That's not what, that's not what he said. That's not what he nope, said. Just like, just like, when, up and just asked like, him. Just like when they call him an anti-vaxxer, he'll yeah. give you an explanation. That's yeah. Someone he, he stood up and asked an him if he was an anti-vaxxer, and he said, "I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but we need more regulated, more stringent peer-reviewed studies on vaccines that are put out." Just like every other drug. Why, Why is that crazy? Like every other drug, it's not. It's not crazy at all. But he is it, being it, painted it, an absolute nut job. It makes complete sense. And then, like one of the one of the things that um uh. Fuck! I I lost my train of thought. Doesn't matter. Can't matter. <laughs> Can't matter. Doesn't matter. It's the buffalo. If we trace. started clunky earlier, people listening about the whole Israel. I was just thinking about this. The whole Israel Palestine thing. It's almost like it wasn't by design. But I think it's the but in a weird way. Repre- it kind of was. But it's the perfect representation of just the head spinning and head turning that happened. Yeah, what's going on over there. I think that has to do with, I think that there's a lot of honesty in that, you know, when you mm-hmm. and I get on and talk about that, like, I, I think we're pretty honest with our listeners. Yeah. It, it, that doesn't mean we're always right. Like, we don't think we're better Absolutely than anybody not. else. Like, we don't think we're, and we've been wrong and we've, I think so we proclaim intellectual idiots. We try to come back it. and fix our errors. We call them sloppy I, seconds. I think we do a, an, an okay job of that. Like, this I, whole show is fucked because we don't have a fact checker. Yeah, we don't have Bell with us today. He's out snatching bodies. <laughs> <laughs> you want to end this? You want to end this on something that's that's kind of funny, but not funny. Sure. Is that what we always do? We try. Did you hear to. about? Uh, did you hear about Hillary? <laughs> <laughs> where she's where she's like, just who? going. She, she's just going full Maoist. You, you see this shit? I'll play it for you. Let's get it played. Sadly, so many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending for the no in civil one. actions and criminal <laughs> actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something needs to happen. I- <laughs> I don't like this whole democracy thing because sometimes these people just decide to vote with someone I don't like. So what's 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 interesting is like like we play a video like that and the instant reaction from people will be these guys Trump are supporter. Ma- these guys are Trump supporter, MAGA supporter. I fucking can't stand MAGA. I think I think it is I think it is completely delegitimized the Republican Party. And, that, and that's the whole thing, right? Like she's right. Like we don't understand how all these people are still so attached to the teat of Donald Trump of how they're. I get it. To I get it. Get, uh, no, I know exactly why they are. I know exactly why because they the are. alternatives because could, are trash. They're so no, they're he, so disgusted with the establishment and everything that has turned yes. them down and turned them out that they just they're grasping at anything that is on the outside of that. I get that. He, pu- he puts on this facade of being anti-establishment when he's really not. And when, when he says, when, and then like, and that's another, that's another statement that Hillary made. That's actually, that's actually right. As much as I can't fucking stand her. Sometimes she says things that are right where she says that, uh, 
he only cares about himself, Donald Trump. Yes, of course. That's all he cares about is Donald Trump. Donald Trump only cares about Donald Trump. She's right. But when you say, like, this this isn't a fucking joke, dude. They need to be deprogrammed. We need a formal deprogramming. Oh, (laughs) she doesn't really mean that. (laughs) I'm the party of FDR. Let's just lock him up in internment camps. Then why the fuck did she say it? Like, that is that is not that i mean we can laugh about it because we know it's ridiculous but it's not that funny it really isn't it's not that funny when you have when you have a woman that was i don't know what was she i can't even remember 50,000 100,000 votes away from being the president of the united states talking about deprogramming people formally yeah. oh she didn't really mean that she's just being hyperbolic she is in a formal interview with a journalist right. saying this, and you don't think she actually feels that way? And then you go and say things like that, right? Like, these people need to be pro- deprogrammed. The people who she's talking about are watching that, and then they're just going, well, that's exactly why I didn't vote for you. 100%. Yeah. Right, like it's. Wait, by uh, the way, why why is Hillary like made this like weird comeback? Do you think the Democratic like Party ingrained- is trying to set her up to be a replacement for Biden? God, I hope not. But like, it's ingrained in the American psyche to be a contrarian. You know, like, give us taxes. Yes. No. So, like, the harder you make Trump seem like the piece of shit he is, and then you encompass their his followers within that group, they're gonna be like, I'm just gonna vote even harder. I'm going to vote gonna harder. Vote. Somehow vote my vote's going to count more. I'm going to do a mail-in and go in person just to Dude, make sure they that, get my vote. <laughs> that's so gross. And then the second thing she says is who Donald Trump, who has absolutely no legitimacy whatsoever. I wish that were true, Hillary. I really do. But I he was wish that were true. The but whole this, time he was president, the, the whole way, time they called him the illegitimate president. He's and getting over 50% in the Republican polls, Corey. He's getting over 50% in the Republican polls. He's, he, he's, he's, he has no legitimacy. He's about to Just be our stop. next president. Just stop. Why do you have to do this? Just stop doing this. You called them all deplorables the first time and lost. Now you're going to say that they're, they all have Stockholm syndrome. Like why don't, why doesn't Hillary just get on a fucking, why doesn't she just get on a TV show and just be like, yeah, Donald Trump's a piece of shit. I then I can just go, get I on a plane go, yeah. and go somewhere else and say, well, Epstein Island's closed. Dad. Well, that's true. Maybe they could drop her in the middle of Gaza. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, but like, why can't she just get on there and say, "Yeah, Donald Trump's a piece of shit and he's a bad human being"? And I would be like, "Yeah, okay, oh, hey, sweet, Brian, nice. Hillary." But stop, stop, stop spreading these this bullshit. This is this is lies. You're lying again to everyone's face. Donald Trump has legitimacy. As much as I don't want him to have it, he, he has, has it. it. It's, it's like, in his hand. He knows ah. it. Oh. oh, oh man, I need to go disconnect and separate myself from the world with all this shit and play some video games. I think. I think it's else, time to re- I think this might be our last episode. I'm fucking retiring after this one. Really? He's gonna do that to me, Dan. I think there are there there are a few of our uh, at least our commenters that would be totally okay with that. <laughs> you think, hold on. Do you, who do you think? So, who do you think of our of our of our listeners? Maybe Bright Eyes can answer this question. Uh, who do you think of our regular listeners? People hate. Between because you people and me, hate, 
people hate listening. Is it you or me? I got to believe it's me because I got a big fucking mouth. <laughs> Dan, you, you keep opening the door for my ego to just show it stuff. <laughs> And my unwitting charm, or my just my 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 charm, my wittiness, and my unequivocal magnetism of people loving me make me believe that I'm destined to be a star. <laughs> See, that works. That's Corey. That's why our show works so well because I don't know if you know this, but I actually. Oh, hey, look! He shared a picture of you. Of me? Yeah. Am I the one people hate? I don't know. It's some bald guy. <laughs> <laughs> well he's got a beard i don't have a beard so it's you you you're the one, you're the one damn it <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know if you know this but when i was like 10 years old i actually had like for like briefly i had the dream of being a wwe heel i wanted to be a bad guy wrestler i'm like like fucking andy kaufman <laughs> <laughs> just in only wrestling women <laughs> <laughs> fight me I forgot Play about me. that until until Jerry the King Lawler steps in, and then you just play the victim. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe Andy Kaufman was a bad idea. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a bad no, example. That's a great one. But I wanted to be like the Iron Sheik. I'm not brown enough, of course, to be the Iron Sheik. But yeah, like like I that to be one a bad guy the guy in the AEW keeps telling people his dad, their dad died. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be a, a father. Guy and he's dead. <laughs> uh, is it, did Hillary say that? No, I forget, <laughs> the, I forget the wrestler's name. I'm like, I'm like uh, Butch Cassidy. I'm just sitting there with my sunglasses on, all cockeyed, just going like this. Sup? <laughs> like, have you ever seen? I don't know if you've seen any of the AEW stuff, but like, Not there's much. this wrestler. Like, he fights with his hands in his pockets, and he just acts like he's Mister Cool. And he just sits there and he slides around and everyone's swinging at him and he just dodges it and then kicks him and then knocks him down and shit. Like, that's his whole gimmick. <laughs> there's, your, there's your father and he died. <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't, know, I don't know if I had anything else. Other than that mom, that mom in Australia that wouldn't pick lice out of her kid's head because she's a vegan. I think she wouldn't kill the lice. <laughs> We don't even have to talk about it. Like that's just a this thing that happened. <laughs> that's a thing. God, this show would be so much easier if we just did fluff pieces all day long like that, huh? That's the old show you did, Corey. And then we wanted some substance. Yeah, it's true. And then I try to talk <laughs> about sports, and that's the old thing you did, and you wanted more substance. Uh, yeah. And here we are, giving you no substance. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely no substance. The Absurdive Podcast is found at all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Rooting for peace in the Middle East. I sound like a fucking 1980s pop song. I'm sorry. Uh, Bell the Bottom should be back next week. We missed him tonight. We we needed him. We needed Bell tonight. Uh, anyway, that's the fact, right, guys? And we could talk about. We'll try to try to bring that up next week, and we'll uh, extrapolate on that. Yeah, yeah. The uh, oh, the electoral college. Yeah. For now, 
He's been Corey Walsh. And he's been he's been Dan Griffin. This has been the conservative. And until next week, when Bell the Body Snatcher makes his triumphant return, we are out of here. Peace. We the people cannot stand that.